ਗੁਰੂ ਪਿਆਰੇ ਸਾਧ ਸੰਗਤ ਜੀ ਫਤਿਹ ਪ੍ਰਵਾਨ ਕਰਨੀ ਜੀ ਵਾਹਿਗੁਰੂ ਜੀ ਕਾ ਖਾਲਸਾ ਵਾਹਿਗੁਰੂ ਜੀ ਕੀ ਫਤਿਹ when having conversations discussions and vichar on spiritual matters matters of the mind the inner spiritual journey a question that often comes up is if the whole spiritual journey is internal then what is the need for the external why do we need to have such a strong outer practice external form is amrit really necessary what is the khalsa today some people argue that the khalsa is an outdated army it was only something that was necessary hundreds of years ago so today i'd like to share with you some thoughts that i have around how the khalsa and the amrit ceremony really contributes to our spiritual journey we've recently celebrated holla mahalla and in the next few weeks vasakhi will also be coming up so it's important for us to understand whether there is a need for us to be a part of this khalsa so i'm mainly going to be talking about the spiritual aspects of the khalsa but the spiritual aspect is is only one element of it there are many reasons why guru gobind singh ji formalized the khalsa and so there are many other great pracharaks out there that talk about the history the social background what was happening at the time and please feel free to go do some more research on on those subjects as well but today i'm going to be looking at whether the khalsa and the amrit ceremony is related to the inner spiritual journey we're going to be looking at a lot of shabads to try and understand the concept of the khalsa and amrit so i start with a question when we say the word khalsa what image do you have in your head think about the image that forms in your head chances are the image is a masculine image a male chances are you think of kesh bana shastar kirpan damala a warrior but the question we have to ask ourselves is did the gurus imagine something more did the gurus imagine that there was more to the character of a khalsa what characteristics are there of a khalsa we can easily imagine the image of a khalsa but when we think about the characteristics of what truly makes a khalsa then maybe it's a little bit hard, harder to answer we might say that the khalsa stands up for justice so let's look a little bit more into this concept today sometimes people ask the question why did guru gobind singh ji create the khalsa so one of the first things i'd like to look at is who actually created the khalsa guru gobind singh ji's bani himself writes khalsa akal purakh ki fauj pragatyo khalsa parmatam ki mauj 
So first, let's question who created the Khalsa. Guru's Bani says that the Khalsa is a Kaal Purakh ki Fauj, the army of the immortal being. Pragatiyo Khalsa Paramatam ki Mauj. The Khalsa was created out of the will and happiness of the immortal being. So really, we should say that Guru Gobind Singh Ji isn't the creator of the Khalsa, that Akal Purakh is the creator of the Khalsa. I like to think that the Divine Oneness was the creator of the Khalsa. Guru Nanak Dev Ji initiated, started the process off of training us how to be a Khalsa. And actually Guru Gobind Singh Ji was the one who finalized the Khalsa, who formalized the Khalsa. Otherwise, if we think that Guru Gobind Singh Ji created the Khalsa, we might be under the misinformation that Guru Nanak Dev Ji was talking about something else, the Pagats were talking about something else, and Guru Gobind Singh Ji was talking about something else. But in reality, the mentality of the Khalsa first starts from Guru Nanak Dev Ji. And what was the reason for Guru Sahib creating such a strong army? Well, at the time, we have to understand that the Gurus lived during the reign of Mughal invasion. And there was a lot of oppression. So, in order to create social uprising, in order to galvanize ordinary citizens to overthrow the might of the Mughals, we have the analogy that Guru Gobind Singh Ji created a Khalsa so that sparrows could fight with the hawks. Think about a sparrow, a small little bird and the hawk or a mighty eagle. That is what the Khalsa was trying to do, was trying to bring the ordinary people up so they could stand up against the might of the Mughals. So what we're talking about here is that the Guru wanted to take ordinary people and transform who they were, transform their character, both socially and spiritually as well. And so really we can see the Khalsa as the creation of the ideal human being, the ideal human, one that is based on the values of Gurmat, but is also willing to stand up. We talk about the Khalsa being a balance between Miri and Piri, between social values, political values, and spiritual values. We also talk about Sant Sipai, the perfect balance between the saint and the warrior. And Remember at the time that the Mughals wanted to keep their superiority. There was even a time during Guru Hargobind Sahib Ji where nobody was allowed to wear a tall turban because that was the sign of a higher class, a royal elite. Guru Hargobind Sahib Ji said, I'm going to make all of my Sikhs wear tall turbans. So what is the Guru doing? Every time where there's an opportunity to stand up for what you think is right, the Guru has re really created ordinary human beings into kings and queens.
So we now no longer say that we are under your rule, the rule of the oppressor. We are self-governing. Why give us royal titles? The word Qor comes from the word Komar, which means prince. Why are we given the, the status of a king or a queen? Because we don't answer to any king or queen. We have our own self-sovereignty. We stand on our own two feet. We have our own Nishan. We have our own Darbar. We have our own king. So the Khalsa is a revolutionary in all, in all senses of the word. How does Guru bring this change about into people? How do you transform people? When we look at the Amrit ceremony, we see the symbolism is so deep that we can really try to understand what the Guru was trying to portray, what message was Guru trying to convey. When we think about the creation of Amrit, Khande Dipaul itself, what are the things that are involved? The things that are involved firstly start with a sarablo bata, an iron bowl. So what does the iron bowl represent? We again go back to Bani, we go to Guruji's Bani. In Siridasam Granth Akal Ustat Bani, written by Guru Gobind Singh Ji, the word Sarablo means Akal Purak. At the beginning of Akal Ustat, Guruji writes, Akal Purak ki Racha Hamne. This is the beginning of the Akal Ustat Bani. Akal Purak ki Racha Hamne. I seek the protection of that immortal being. And then the next line Guruji writes is, Sarablo ki Racha Hamne. I seek the immortal of that Sarablo. What does Sarablo mean here? Sarablo is normally translated to mean iron, but another meaning of Sarablo is the all-pervading light. Sarab means all, Lo means light, the, the light that is everywhere. Sarablo ki rachahamane, I seek the protection of the all-pervading light. Sarab kaal jidi rachahamane, that creative being that is beyond time and beyond death. I seek the, protect, the protection of the all-pervading death. I forever seek the protection of the all-pervading light. So Guruji starts with Sarablo representing the divine light. So Amrit is created in a vessel of divine light. And so now Guruji has started this process. And the process involves us being directly connected with the Kalpurk. Because we are being initiated into a ceremony where the ceremony itself is a ceremony connecting us to the divine being. So straight away, look at the change of character. We're no, no, no longer normal human beings. Straight away, Guruji gives us a connection with the divine being. We are no longer subjects of a king or queen, we are now directly answerable to the divine. What else goes into the Khande ceremony? Khande Dipal. It's in the name Khanda. So in the Sarablo Bata, we put a Khanda, a sword. And so, part of the change of the character 
is that ordinary farmers and ordinary traders were told to replace their tools with swords. But how do you get ordinary folks to use a sword? Of course, there is the training that's involved, but how do you get over the mentality that ordinary people don't know how to use a sword? Guruji uses some fantastic psychology here. He gives us a connection with the sword so that we get ready with the battle. But Guruji says this isn't just any sword. Guruji uses a kanda and in his Barney he describes the kanda as the energy of a Kalpurk. So the bowl, the Sarblobata, is the Kalpurk itself and the sword is described as Pagauti, the energy of the Kalpurk. Where do we get this from? In Chandi Diwar, we also read it at the beginning of the Ardas, Sri Pagauti Ji Sahai. I seek the protection of that Shakti, that power of the sword. Var Sri Pagauti Ji Ki Path Shahi Dasvi. And Guruji begins the Chandi Diwar by saying that this is a var of that. Var means a ballad, a, a militarized song. And this is the song of the Pagauti, of that power. And we begin by saying, Pritham Pagauti Simarke Guru Nanak First, remember that primal energy, that energy of the divine being, and then remember Guru Nanak Dev Ji. And as he goes through all the Gurus, then the beginning of the Chandi Divar starts with a Pauri, Khanda Prithme Sajke Jin Sabse Sar Upaya. The first thing to be created was the Khanda, and from the Khanda, the whole of creation was created. So here, Guruji replaces the word Pagati with Khanda, and Khanda being the Shakti, the energy of the divine. So one is the divine being, the immortal being, and one is its creative force, its creative power. But Guruji doesn't just talk about the creative power, he replaces the word creative power with Khanda. So what happens if you're initiated with a ceremony that is of that khanda and what happens when you get handed that khanda in your hand? All of a sudden you now realize this isn't just any old weapon. This is the energy of the divine being. So we are the warriors of the divine and we are initiated with the divine and we are holding the power of the divine. You see the psychology Guruji is using? Now, all of a sudden, we're the warriors of the divine. Of course, we can fight just ordinary armies who only answer to ordinary kings. So look at the symbolism we've seen so far. Sarblo, divine connection. The sword is the strength of mind that we need to uphold the values, spiritual values, justice, divine justice, to uphold taram. But to soften that, Guruji uses water. Water is clean. Water is pure. So while you might be strong on the outside, you have to be still, stable, calm and neutral on the inside. Water is pure until there is some impurity that's put in there. Anything that you put into water is no longer pure water. You can't call it water as soon as you put something in there. So purity is something that's very important. But there is something that gets added into this purity because so far we only have strength and we have stability. 
But kindness is how we should use our sword with love and with sweetness and that's represented by the patase, the sugar. So the sugar is the kindness that should be dissolved into our whole body, the sweetness with which we administer this justice. And we see examples of this Guru Gobind Singh Ji, when he shoots his arrow, he lines his arrow he, with gold. He dips the tip of his arrow in gold so that whenever it fires against the enemy, that the family may be able to use that gold to pay for the funeral of the, someone, someone who's passed away. So Guruji is killing people, but killing people with kindness. They're killing people because they are a threat, because they're doing something unjust. But Guruji has kindness at every moment in his heart. So these are what the ceremony is. These are the symbols of the ceremony. Now we have to ask the question, what are the qualities that a person needs to receive Amrit? These are all the qualities of the Amrit itself, but what do you need to be ready for Amrit? And these, most of these qualities we learn from Guru Nanak Dev Ji. Of course, we're familiar with the Shabad Joto Prem Kilan Ka Chao Sirtar Tali Gali Meri Ao. In order to walk the spiritual path, you must give up your head. You must give up the identity. You must give up your selfishness. Give up your ego. Guru Gobind Singh Ji also asks for a head. So the idea has already come from Guru Nanak Dev Ji. It's Guru Nanak Shabad that says, Joto Prem Kilan Ka Chao. Give me your head. What else are the qualities needed for Amrit? In the last party of Japji Sahib, we get a lot of these qualities. In the last verse, we hear of all the qualities, Jat Pahara Tiraj Sunyar. So here, Guru Nanak Dev Ji sets a scene. And the scene is, of someone who works as a metal worker or a goldsmith in their workshop. Guruji starts by saying, the workshop within you, you are the workshop, the workshop is of jat, self-restraint, controlling yourself in all, in all situations. Having self-control is the first quality we need, jat. Tiraj sunyar. Tiraj means patience. Self-control is the workshop. Patience is the blacksmith or the goldsmith. Sunyar. Tiraj sunyar. So you have to have the mentality of self-restraint, self-control and patience at all times. Eheran mat. Eheran is when you're a metal worker, you need a strong anvil with which a strong work surface on which you can be banging metal. So the work surface is called Eheran. You must create a mind that is willing to take a beating from the Guru. You have to have a mind, Eheran Mat. Your mind has to be willing to take a very hard lesson from the Guru. Eheran Mat. And what is the Guru hitting you with? Ved Hathyar, the hammer of knowledge.
have self-control, have patience. This is transformation is going to take some time. Have a receptive mind, a mind that's willing to accept the hammer of the Guru. Ved Hathiyar. Pao Kala Agan Taptao. Kala is the, the bellows. The bellows means, you know, when you're trying to start a fire, sometimes the fire goes down, you need to give it a blow of air in order for the fire to come up. So, Kala is the instrument that you use to blow the air to make the fire bigger. What are you going to do to make your motivation more? Pa, fear, respect, humility for the Guru is what you use to increase your connection with the Guru, your commitment to the Guru. And agan taptao, taptao again is another word meaning discipline. Look at all the characteristics. Self-constraint, constraint, patience, receptive mind, wisdom of the Guru, fear and humility, and discipline is the fire. Without the fire, you can't melt anything, you can't start anything in this metal workshop. The fire is the key thing that's needed to melt the metal. Guruji is using the example of, of a sunyar, someone who works with gold. So within you, if you want to transform yourself into gold, you need a fire, you need something that's constantly going to keep you going. Discipline, rehat, is what you need to keep you going. Panda pao amrit titdal. You have to have a vessel of love and into the vessel of love pour in the nectar of amrit. These are the qualities needed in order to receive Amrit within our mind. Kariya Shabd Sachi Taksal. And finally, the metal is poured into the vessel of love, but it needs a mold. We're talking about someone who is a sunyar who takes gold and melts it into a coin. So, what is the thing that you're going to use to make metal into a coin? You need a mold so that it's the right shape, the right design. Kariya Shabd, what is the thing that's going to mold you? The Shabd, the wisdom of the Guru. And then you are the true coin. So look at all these characteristics and you have to receive them with all of those. Humility, self-restraint, discipline, fear and create a vessel of love. Panda Pao a vessel of love, Amrit Dal. That is the vessel that you have to make yourself in order to truly receive Amrit. So this is the symbolism of the Amrit Khandidi Paul, the symbolism of what we need to be. But what is Amrit? What exactly is Amrit? Because Guru Granth Sahib Ji talks about Amrit all the time. In Gurbani, Amrit is used to describe a quality. A quality of many things. Amrit actually isn't a thing itself. Amrit is a quality, a describing word. We see Amrit being used against words like Shabad. Amrit Shabad, Amrit Bani, Amrit Bachan, Amrit Drisht, Amrit Gun, 
Amrit Naam. All of these different things have been described as having Amrit-like qualities. The Shabad has qualities of Amrit, the words of the Guru, the Bani of the Guru, the Bachan of the Guru, all of these mean the same thing. And Naam also has the quality of Amrit. So now we can start to see that Guru is talking about Amrit being a sweetness quality. And that sweetness we find in Naam. The sweetness we find in the Shabad of the, of the Guru, the words of the Guru. But because Amrit has been described for lots of different things, we might think that Amrit is many things. But Gurbani also clarifies, Nanak Amrit ek hai, duja Amrit na hai. Guruji says, there is only one Amrit, there aren't multiple Amrits. So the Amrit of Gurbani is the same wherever that word is being used. So what is this Amrit? Guru Arjan Dev Ji talks about Amrit in Maj Mahalla Panjwa. Sab kichak karme hai bahar nahi. Everything is in your own being. Nothing is outside. Bahar tole so parampulahi. One who searches outside is wasting their time in delusion and doubt. So the inner journey has never been far away from Gursiki. It's always been an inner journey. Sab kich karma everything is within your own home, nothing is outside of your home. Whoever looks externally for what Guru is talking about is going to waste their time. Gur prasadi jinni antar paya so antar bahar suhela jiyo Through the Guru's grace, one who has found the divine essence inside jo antar paya Guru Prasadi Jini Antarpaya, the one who has found this, what Guru is saying, what I'm talking about, if you find it within yourself by the Guru's grace, they find this true happiness inside them. So Antar Bahar Sohela Jio, inside and outside, they are celebrating, they are in joy, they're in bliss. What is Guru talking about? In the next line, Chimchim Varse Amrata Tara. Slowly, gently, drop by drop, the stream of nectar trickles down. Guru is talking about an internal amrit. Man pive sun shabad bichara. The mind is drinking this internal amrit. But how do you drink this internal amrit? By contemplating the words of the Guru. So you need something external, the words of the Guru, to help you understand that there is something internal. And by drinking in this internal Amrit, you enjoy bliss and ecstasy day and night. And one plays with the Lord forever and ever. So we are talking about an internal journey. Amrit is always internal. Let's look at a few more Shabads. Sorat Mahala Pahala. Guru says that you have come to, into this earth to drink a water of treasure. The reason that you have come into this world is to drink a valuable drink. So Amrit, that Amrit, Gurpahi Jiyo, you will find from the Guru, 
छोडो वेस पेख चतुराई दुबदा ए फल नाही जियो नाउ गुरु गुरु नानक देव जी सेज समथिंग वेरी इंटरेस्टिंग गेट रिड ऑफ एक्सटर्नल कॉस्ट्यूम्स एंड डिस्काइजेस एंड क्लेवर ट्रिक्स द फ्रूट इज नॉट ऑब्टेन्ड इन दीस थिंग्स मन रे थिर रहो मत कत जाही जियो ओ माय माइंड रिमेन स्टडी डू नॉट वांडर अवे बाहर ढूंढत बहुत दुख पावे वन हु सर्चेस एक्सटर्नली फाइंड्स अ लॉट ऑफ सफरिंग कर अमृत कट माही जियो within your own home is amrit amrit is within your own being so we must understand the external amrit is helping you to find the internal amrit taking the external amrit alone does not make you an amritari if you're an amritari just on the outside but you haven't begun the journey of looking for the amrit that the guru says bahar dhundat bahut dukh pawe anyone who thinks that the external is where i will find my sikhi bahut dukh paave you will suffer again and again kar amrit the amrit is in your home guru repeats it again kat mahi jio it is within your own being there is something inside you there is an amrit inside you and in order to be an amritari you must find that amrit external amrit is not good enough it is the starting point but if amrit is internal if guru goes as far as saying chhodo ves pekh chaturai get rid of external roops does that mean that we don't need to have an external form is that what guru is trying to say no guru is saying that take the external form and then detach yourself from your external form you have to learn that the external is temporary no matter how beautiful you decorate yourself on the outside it is temporary it isn't going to last the appearance on the outside should not be a hollow appearance the appearance of the khalsa from the outside is a reflection of the amrit that you found on the inside otherwise as we hear in amrits in in anand sahib we're talking about jio male baro nirmal someone who is filthy on the inside but looks nice and pure on the outside external amrit is not enough if you don't use it to find the internal amrit when you find the internal amrit the external amrit the external roop the form of the khalsa is a reflection of what you have found on the inside and that's why guru is saying stop thinking about the outside all the time chhodo ves pekh chatrai is this the khalsa that we have been talking about is this the kind of vichar that happens when everyone says guru wale bano amrit chako or are they just happy you've taken amrit chalo he's become a amritari she's become a amritari most people tell you to take amrit and they don't tell you what to do after that they tell you to take amrit and then everyone's patting you on the back shabash you've become amritari there's very few people who train the amritari how to be an amritari most people think that amritari and taking amrit is the destination no taking amrit is the initiation 
is the starting point. When you take Amrit, that's when you're starting to wear the uniform so that you can go to your first day of school. You've bought the uniform from the shop, you've worn it, you're wearing the uniform. Imagine you go into the first day of school and said, I'm ready to learn, and they hand you a degree and say, congratulations, you've graduated, you bought the uniform, well done. And you walked in thinking, I thought I was here to learn. This is what we do with the Amritari. The Amritari takes Amrit saying, I'm here to learn. And once they've, they've taken Amrit, everyone says, well done, now let's get other people to come into Amrit as well. But they're not ready. They've just started the journey. Remember, Sikhi is a school where you never graduate. You're never a graduate of the school. Nobody ever comes out the other end and says, I've learned everything that Sikhi has to teach me. When, you, when you've learned everything, then you can't call yourself a Sikh anymore. Sikh means a student. You have to keep learning. So an Amritari should never have the mentality that now that I've taken Amrit, I know everything. The whole point of taking Amrit is to say, I'm ready to go into the school. I'm ready to learn. I've now committed myself. It's really interesting that people have these sorts of views that when they take Amrit, that all of a sudden they're ready. And we get asked this question all the time. Why do I need the Amrit? Why do I need to even be part of this ceremony? I like to use a different analogy that helps me understand Amrit a bit better. A man and a woman can live together for their whole life. They can buy a house. They can live in that house. They can even have children together. There's no reason for them to commit to one another. But the truth of the matter is, most people all over the world enter into a ceremony. They get married to each other. They have a wedding ceremony. It's not really necessary if you think about it. You don't actually get anything from doing the wedding ceremony. But something changes within your mentality. Once you've become married to that person, there's something inside your mentality that says, I'm now committed to you. We're here for the long run. I'm not going anywhere. And in the same way, in the old days, if you were a student of any guru, the guru, whether you were a music student or an art student or a student of any subject in India, the teacher would be called your guru. And in order to initiate you, the teacher would have a ceremony. Sometimes the teacher would tie a string around your arm to say, I now accept you as my student. And the string around your wrist would remind you, I am now dedicated to one guru. He is my guru, he is my ustad. Look, the guru has tied something around our wrist as well. When we take Amrit, one of the kakars is the sarablo, the kada bangle. The guru has said, you are now initiated. This is our wedding ring, if you want to say that. Your kada is your wedding ring. So you don't need to get married to another person, but you do it. Because 
It changes how you see your, your relationship and how the rest of the world sees that jewelry, sees that relationship. The rest of the world knows because the two of you are married, you two are committed to each other. So this Amrit ceremony is your announcement to the world, I'm married to the Guru. I'm committed to the Guru, I'm not going anywhere. It doesn't mean that you're all of a sudden perfect, you've understood everything. But there's even more that Guru Granth Sahib Ji teaches us how to have this mentality. Most of the time if you think about the image of a Khalsa, you think of a Khalsa in a blue chola, blue bana, blue damala, with a kamarkasa and a sword, gatra, kirpan. You know what? Guru Nanak Dev Ji in Guru Granth Sahib Ji teaches us the meaning of the blue bana. There are Shabads where the Guru is teaching you what the blue bana represents. Guru Nanak Dev Ji's Bani, Shri Rag Mahala Pahla, Rata Penan Man Rata Supedi Satdan. My mind is drenched in Naam. Naam is the colored robes. Truth and charity are my white clothes. Purity, pure white clothes. Guru Nanak Dev Ji says that wearing white clothes isn't enough. For me, white clothes represents this satdan, this truth and a giving nature. Nili siyahi kada karni pehran pehrtyan. Removing the blackness of my mind is what I'm representing by these blue clothes. Wearing the blue robes represents that I'm trying to clean my mind. And I have meditation on the Lord's feet as my robe. Guruji is starting to build a picture of what it looks like to wear a blue bana. Kamar band santok ka tan jo ban tera naam. Now Guruji is talking about the blue bana with a kamar kasa. Kamar kasa is one of the waistbands that you use to keep your swords. Guruji says, contentment is my kamar kasa, my kamar band. And my youthful look, strong warrior-like look, is your naam, the wealth of naam. Baba hor panan khushi kuar. Oh Baba, the pleasures of other clothes are false. Don't just wear the clothes, have the characteristics of what these clothes represent. Jit paide tan man me chale vikar. Wearing clothes on their own is going to ruin your mind and your body. It's going to bring corruption and wickedness into the mind. If you just wear the form outside, you are Jiomele Baro Nirmal. Inside you are dirty, but outside you look nice and clean. Guruji takes this analogy further. Now you think of a Khalsa, maybe you might think of a Khalsa riding a horse. Guruji talks about this as well. Kode pakhar soine sakat, kode pakhar soine sakat, bujan teri vaat. My horse is, is understanding the Guru's path. The horse takes you somewhere, doesn't it? You ride a horse not just to look good, you get on a horse to go somewhere. Guruji says, understanding the Lord's path, that's my horse. And that is my saddle. 
that is my handbag. Sometimes you see a Khalsa wearing a sword on one side and they're wearing a little satchel on the other side where they keep all of their belongings. And Guruji uses all of these analogies. This is coming from Guru Nanak Dev Ji, please remember. Tarkastir Kaman Sang Teg Band Gunatat. Now Guruji is talking about the Shastar that you wear. This is Guru Nanak Dev Ji's Bani. The pursuit of virtues is my bow and arrow. Don't just have a bow and arrow. The bow and arrow should be fired for the right reason. The pursuit of good qualities. Having good qualities in my mind is what I represent by having my bow and arrow. The quiver, the sword and the scabbard. Vaja neja patasyo pargata karam tera meri jat. To be distinct, distinguished with honor are my instruments and my spear. Look at the imagery. This is exactly the imagery of the Khalsa. The one with the blue robes, the one with the kamarkasa, the one sitting on the horse with the bow and arrow, with the sword, with the spear. Guru Nanak Dev Ji had this vision. And he said that to be distinguished, to have honor, to live the right way, that is what these swords and these spears represent. And Karam Tera Meri Jat. Guruji wanted the Khalsa to not have any Jatpat, any caste. He says, My caste is Waiguru's grace. If someone wants to ask me who is my caste and what, what do I belong to, I belong to the grace of a Kalpurk. Baba Hor Chadana Khushi Kuar. Riding any other horse and having any other external form is a waste of time, is false. Jit chadiye man piriye man meh chale vikar. Riding any other horse, the mind and body is ruined with wickedness and corruption. So you can see that the whole purpose of wearing these external forms is to transform your psychology, is to change the way we think, to change our understanding of ourselves change our understanding of the world around us, change our behave, behavior, how we interact with the world. The Khalsa was never to give you a new ego, to give you a new identity. It was to give you a new understanding. A lot of times people say, be proud to be a Sikh. You should be proud to be a Sikh. But should we be proud of the external form or should we be proud of the values that they represent? The fact that you look distinct as a Khalsa means that you are distinct in mind. You represent a different way of living. When the world looks at you, they shouldn't be afraid. They should look at you as a shining example of what a human being can be. Pure of mind, ready to fight, ready to stand up for what's right. Now, let's look a little bit further. What is the meaning of the Panchkakar? Why should someone who is so pure on the inside have sharp weapons on the outside? We see something like this in nature. What is considered the most beautiful flower? If you had to give your love, your beloved, a flower, the flower you give them is the rose. 
Rose is considered the most beautiful flower, even though the rose is the one that is surrounded by thorns. So even in nature we see what we consider to be the most beautiful is the one that is protected by something sharp around it. So we have the rose of the blossoming mind, but that should be protected. And we are protected with the sharpness of the sword. So the Khalsa is always beautiful on the inside, but fierce on the outside where necessary. And the Panchkakar also represent values that we have to take on and transform our character with. The Kirpan represents sovereignty. Remember in those days only the kings and the elite were allowed to carry swords to say that we are of high social status. Guruji gives us the sword to lift our social status. The Kara, as I've already talked about, is the guru-student relationship. The Kanga represents cleanliness of mind, not just external cleanliness. Gurbani is really not interested in your external cleanliness at all. The cleanliness of your mind is what the Kanga represents. The Kashara represents your lifestyle, self-restraint, self-control. Living within your means, not being in excess, not indulging in worldly pleasures. And the Kesh recognizes the beauty of creation and trusting in Hukam. So we've looked a lot about the symbolism. Now let's look at the word Khalsa. Who is a Khalsa? The word Khalsa is not unique to Guru Gobind Singh Ji's army. In fact, the word Khalsa has been around for a long time. Bhagat Kabirji was around even before Guru Nanak Devji was born. And Kabirji in Gurbani uses the word Khalsa. On Ang 655, we see a line from Kabirji where it says, Kaho Kabir Janpae Khalase Prem Bhagat Jehjani. O Kabir, those people. Those servants have become Khalse, who have realized Prem Pagti, loving devotion. So who is a Khalsa? One who does Prem Pagti. But if Kabirji says that he is a Khalsa, then what is the need for us to have external Khalsa? What is the need for us to take on this form? Guru Gobind Singh Ji took a spiritual word. Kabirji says, somebody who does Prem Pagti, loving devotion, loving meditation, they are called Khalsa. So Kabirji uses it as a spiritual term. Guru Gobind Singh Ji takes the spiritual term and he makes it a more holistic term. One who not just has inner purity, but takes that purity to the outside. And we see that Pagat Kabirji was also of this type of characteristic. Kabirji wasn't just a Pagat, he was also a social reformer. He also talked about the injustices that were happening in society. So the Pagats, we shouldn't ever think that the Pagats were just meditators. The reason that they're in Guru Granth Sahib Ji was because they also stood up, just like the Gurus stood up against the false practices and injustices and in inequality that was happening in society. Can we understand this Khalsa term even more? 
Guru Gobind Singh Ji writes in a granth that most people are unaware of. Some people are aware of the Dasam granth. There's also another granth attributed to Guru Gobind Singh Ji knows as Siri Sarablo granth. And most people start to worry, are these really Khalsa things anymore? If you want to know whether these things are real, you can just look at the Amrit Girtan. The Amrit Girtan is a small book that's been created, which most Girtani uses to, to decide what Shabads to sing. In the Amrit Girtan, you have all the Shabads categorized by different categories. So it's useful for a Girtani. When they want to know Shabads for birth, they'll go to that section. When they want to know Shabads for death, it's categorized in there and they'll sing all those. In the Amrit Girtan, most people have heard of Amrit Kirtan, but they haven't heard of Siri Sarblogranth. In the Amrit Kirtan, there are Barnis in there from Siri Sarblogranth, and it clearly written's, written on there, these Shabads are from Sarblogranth. Otherwise, some people will ask the question, Le, where have these new Granths come from? Where are these new Granths? We've never heard of Sarblogranth. Go back into your Amrit Kirtan, which you've been using for the last five or six generations. You'll see that Sarblobani is written in there. Guru Gobind Singh Ji writes in Siri Sarablo Granth about the Khalsa and he says the Khalsa is Atam Ras Jai So Hai Khalsa Dev. One who has known the divine nectar. Look how Gurus have all used the same language. Guru Nanak has used the same language. Guru Gobind Singh Ji has used the same language. Divine Ras, Atam Ras, divine nectar. Atam Ras Je Janahi, one who has known it, Sohe Khalas Dev. That person is the Khalsa Devta. Prabme Mome Tasame Ranchik Nahin Pev. Between the Lord, me, and him, there is no difference. Guru Gobind Singh Ji is saying, between Wahiguru, between Guru Gobind Singh Ji, and between the Khalsa, there is no difference. Ranchak nahin pev. There's no difference between us. Prabme mome tasme. So Khalsa is one who has become a devta. They have become a deity. You know, in the time of the gurus, everyone was worshipping deities, Shiva, Brahma, and all these things. The guru says, if you find the divine essence within you, you can become a, de a devta. You don't need to worship devta, you can become a devta. Have we heard that before? Yes. Guru Nanak Dev Ji says the same thing in the beginning of Asadivar. Balhari gur apne devhari sadvar jin manaste devte kiye kartnalagivar. I bow down to the guru a thousand times a day. This is the beginning of Asadivar, Guru Nanak Dev Ji's Bani. Balhari Gurapne Deohari Sadvar. I bow down to the Guru a thousand times a day because the Guru transform, transforms man into Devta. And Guru doesn't even take one second to do that. The Guru transforms man, ordinary human beings, into spiritual masters. And Guru Gobind Singh Ji is saying, one who is known the inner Ras of the Divine, they become Kalasadev. They become the pure Khalsa Devta. Guru Gobind Singh Ji says in Siri Dasam Granth, Puran Jyot Jagay Ghat Mein Tab Khalas Tahe Na Khalas Jano. One becomes pure, a Khalsa, only when he realizes the complete Lord's light within them. 
पूर्ण ज्योत जगह घट में द परफेक्ट लाइट वेन दैट बिगेन्स टू शाइन विद इन यू तब खालसता है दैट इज द पर्सन हु इज अ खालसा अदरवाइज नो हिम टू बी इन प्योर अ खालसा हु डजेंट नो दे लाइट दे आर न खालसा दे आर नॉट द रियल खालसा a khalsa who is khalsa just on the external is not the real khalsa according to guru gobind singh ji one who has known the divine light within them that is who a real khalsa is otherwise guru gobind singh ji calls you a fake khalsa so really we have to understand when you take amrit you haven't become a khalsa you've just initiated yourself into a long journey a commitment with the guru to say i'm now committed to finding this divine light within me and in summary i want to leave you with a shabad which is a conversation between one of the most well respected gursikhs of guru gobind singh ji's time known as pai nandalal ji pai nandalal was very close to guru gobind singh ji and also pai nandalal wrote a lot of his own barnis in praise of guru gobind singh ji and in praise of the khalsa one of these barnis written by pai nandalal is known as a tankha nama and that is a conversation between guru gobind singh ji and pai nandalal ji and pai nandalal ji says who is a khalsa guru gobind singh ji can you explain and guru gobind singh ji describes in a lot of detail who a khalsa is khalsa soe jo ninda tyage khalsa soe lade jo age one is a khalsa who does not criticize anyone else jo ninda tyage who gets rid of criticizing other people and one is a khalsa who is fighting at the front line khalsa soe jo panch ko mare khalsa soe karna karna ko sare one is a khalsa who gets rid of the five evils the kaam krodh lobh mohankar this is guru gobind singh ji describing the khalsa khalsa is one who fulfills their duties khalsa soe maan ko tyage khalsa is one who gets rid of this pride think about the people that you might have come across who walk around looking like an amritari but they are full of arrogance full of arrogance i'm better than you i'm the khalsa you're not a khalsa guru says khalsa soe maan ko tyage one who gets rid of arrogance that is a khalsa and guru ji carries on khalsa is one who remains faithful within marriage who doesn't go and get entangled in relationships with other women khalsa is one who abandons sexual desire and khalsa is one who is blessed with god's name khalsa is one who loves waheguru khalsa is one who fights bravely in battle khalsa is one who helps the needy khalsa is one who overpowers the enemy khalsa is one who chants god's name khalsa is the one who rises above all the evil ones khalsa is the one who is in tune with god's name khalsa is the one who breaks away from false rituals khalsa is the one who becomes a crusader who fights for justice 
Khalsa is the one who fights the war daily. This is an interesting line. Khalsa soe jo kare nit jang. Khalsa is fighting a battle every day. So does that mean we have to go out and look for arguments? No. Khalsa is one who is first fighting an internal battle within their inner demons. What are your inner demons? Your calm, krodh, lob, mohankar. And is this really a battle? Yes, because in Gurbani we hear about the Panjchor being described as five warriors. Normally we talk about your lust, your anger, your pride, greed, attachments as described as five thieves. But in Gurbani, the Panjchor are also described as five warriors. And Guru asks this question in Guru Granth Sahib Ji, Jin mil maare panchasurbir aso kaun balire? Show me that warrior who has defeated the five warriors. Jin mil maare panchasurbir, the one who has fought the five warriors. Remember, the five warriors are together; they're in a band together. Aso kaun balire? Who is such a warrior that has defeated those five warriors? And Guru Gobind Singh Ji says the same thing. Khalsa soe jo kare nit jang, who is fighting a daily battle. Khalsa is the one who is always ready with weapons. Khalsa is the one who destroys all evil. So I hope I've given you a little bit of indicator that the Khalsa is very relevant today. The Khalsa ceremonies and the rituals that people have externalized need to now be brought back internalized. This is what the true meaning of the Khalsa is. The Khalsa is much more than what we think it is. And if we adopt these characteristics, then the Khalsa is a person that the whole world needs right now. The world needs this kind of Khalsa. Otherwise, if we don't know how to be this person, how can we really say that we are living to serve humanity? How can we say that we are here to perform Sarbatada Pala? When you yourself haven't done that internal Pala, you yourself haven't done that internal fight, you haven't served that inner light, then how are you going to be a beacon of light for the rest of the world? So Vasakhi is coming up. Please, I encourage you all, consider, are you ready to join this school? Please, think about your role in life. Think about your spiritual journey and think about how much help the Guru gives you by making you into a Khalsa. Vaheguru Ji Ka Khalsa, Vaheguru Ji Ki Fateh.